going on, family? Uh, I'm coming at you with a whole, with a hot take. I just found out, and I don't know how recent this is, but I just saw this video. Uh, first, I saw the video of these protesters outside of this dude named Jonathan Pentland um, out of Columbia, South Carolina, in this little community. So I instantly went to go look at the video, see what was the, the fuss about. And basically, you have his wife, you know, another individual filming, telling this black man he got to leave this, uh, leave the community. And he's aggressive about it. Like, you know, he's an ex-military dude. He's buff. You know, the brother's not trying to go out at all. You know, and I respect him for holding his ground, you know, because you don't have to back down to them. But he, he physically pushes him and all the other stuff. He doesn't want to give him his name. And everybody's trying to belittle him like he's the problem. But the whole issue is they're telling him he got to go. And I'm sitting there and I'm watching this video and I'm, I'm getting uh, I'm getting upset, y'all. I'm getting upset, you know, but this is the kind of thing that happens. This sort of thing happened to me and uh, my son's mother back when we were uh, back when we were first dating. And uh, she had a little spot where she liked to hang out a lot in her community. Now, she stays or her and her mother stays in a mostly white community out in Oakley. And one of her neighbors one day when he seen us just hanging outside on the sidewalk, not in front of his property, not on his property, on the sidewalk, on the alleyway near his property. And all of a sudden, oh, what are you guys doing over here? You guys don't belong over here. This girl grew up over here. She went to high school, graduated out of high school in that community. He has the audacity and the gall to tell her that she don't belong here. But that's kind of the, that's the thing that you get. We've had the police called on us several times. You know, as soon as she, especially you start walking around with a brother like myself, long locks. You know what I'm saying? Just the energy, the aura that I carry myself with. And I don't give a damn about any damn community that I'm in. Like, I don't got nothing to fear. You can't you can't do nothing to me. But this is the kind of attitude that they have while some black folks is coming up there. So now you got a bunch of protesters, you know, rightfully so out outside of this man's house and he don't want no smoke. Him and his wife, see, when they have a group and they see one brother isolated, see, the whole issue was, and I can already break it down because he said that he got into it. He was fighting with the, uh, with the girl. He wasn't fighting her. What most likely happened, y'all, is this white girl went up to him and told him, you don't belong here. Does Stuff like this happens. My grandmother can tell you about a scenario when we stayed out in Brentwood. This is a back, and I talked about this a little bit, but this is back when my mom was trying to take me into a better neighborhood the white community, which she thought was a better neighborhood. And, you know, and this is some of the, one of the issues I had is there was a neighbor and we knew each other, went to class. You know, we all at one point had played outside together because I knew uh, the boys from across the street. That's kind of how I met everybody in the neighborhood. So and I'm not going to use no names, you know, but basically she came up straight to my face one day, talking smack, slapped me all in my face. Tried to scratch me. And as soon as I pushed her off me, everybody had an issue. Dudes who didn't have any goal to deal with me. And, and let this be known. I had already been into a couple of fights when I was out there. People knew about me. So it wasn't like, you know what I'm saying? Like I, I was ever a sucker, you know, and I don't hit women still to this day. You know, now that don't mean that women should be able to put their hands on a man. And yeah, I'm going to get the heck away. Like, I'm going to do what I got to do because I'm not about to sit up here and be gashed and be all bruised because you're having a bad day and you want to take advantage of something, particularly when it comes to black men. I got it. I got an issue with that.
You know what I'm saying? Because we all should know how society looks at that. You know, so you shouldn't be trying to facilitate or encourage that. But that's the kind of thing that's out there. And the dude, you know, smelled of liquor, according to the brother. And I have no doubts about that by the way that we was talking. He didn't deny it. He's all in the guy's face. You know, but this is kind of what we're talking about. Like, this illusion of inclusion, this illusion that these people actually like you. Like, what was what was the indication that they had changed their ways? What was the indication that they felt any differently? They didn't they don't come to your communities, our communities, they don't deal with our schools, they don't look at us favorably, they still don't like it if we marry their daughters and stuff like that. They don't want their son their sons marrying their daughters. Screwing your daughter is one thing. Marrying her is another. You know what I'm saying? So why what 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 gave you this illusion? What made you think they felt any different? You know, why? At what point? Was it in the 60s? I didn't see it in the 60s. Was it in the 70s? I dang sure didn't see it in the 70s. 80s? Are you are you for real? And coming out of the 90s, they're still calling us criminals. Our president today. A few years before that, people forget the former... Um, what's his name? He was... What you call it? He was the former... Grand Wizard of the Ku Klux Klan ran for president for the Democratic Party. What are we talking about? When did this thing? No, they got it through the media, got it through the movies. Got it through what? Oh, yeah, it's what it's not as bad, but you don't see that on any statistic. You don't see that play out in terms of law enforcement. You don't see that play out in terms of community because what was their reason if he was doing nothing wrong? How was he harassing the community with his presence? First, he's harassing the community. You've been harassing the community for a while, so obviously he has a reason to be around there. Are you accusing him of stealing something? What made you take issue? See, what we're seeing, family, is them in their real element. They're xenophobic by nature, first of all. So that's so that's why you get the white flight. See, there's some actual reasons, and I wouldn't say that's the only reason, but that's one of the reasons. They're xenophobic by nature. And if they have an aversion to you, if you're perceived as a threat, they don't want you there. It is no different than, you know, how how one reacts to um a bear or a wolf just walking around the neighborhood or how they react to a stray dog that they're unfamiliar with. You know, this dude, this dog got to get the hell up out of here. It ain't enough to shoo him away. You know, but whatever. That's how they was treating his brother, trying to shoo him away like a damn dog. How they haze coyotes in certain communities. That's what they were doing. Ah, ah! Be gone, Negro. You know you don't belong here. I mean, they pretty much said it in so many words. Now you don't want that smoke. People outside your house. Because people are going to have to see this. People are going to have to either accept it's one thing. And I'm talk- when I'm talking about people, please, family, know I'm talking about us. I don't give a damn about nobody else. You can have friends. You can have associates. They'll have nothing to do with us politically. And we're in a political mess right now. Have been in one for hundreds of years. And it's time to get up out of it. 
So we ain't got the time to be diddling around with so-called friends. And I know a lot of y'all understand what I'm talking about. Because you couldn't diddle around to get that degree, right? You couldn't diddle around to, 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 to get that scholarship or whatever you were doing, whatever you were pioneering or doing. There was a point in time where you said, hey, look, friend, if you're not about to help me improve, excel, then why? No, I can love you, but I got to handle my business. So we should be able to relate to that. That's where we're at politically. We don't have time for friends while we sitting up here trying to make friends. We're not even in a position for friendship, companionship. If I had to break this down to a relationship, we need to get our stuff together before we even think about being with anybody else. Our stuff is not in order. And when I see videos like this, that's just more of a reminder of that. Of what needs to be done. And what we need to stop doing so much of. Or doing at all. Which is trying to make friends with people who ain't your friends. Who is trying to separate with all these other categories that they brought to you. Whether you LGBT. Whether you Muslim, Christian, Hebrew. All these things that we use as a mechanism for division, you need to throw away. Or if you can't throw it away, put it to the side so we can do what needs to be done. That's difficult. And that's another conversation right there. Because I see a lot of that as well. When I hear these people, people feel like their spiritualness, their beingness, their honesty, their honor, all of these things, all of this higher stuff, all, all these things that they got, they get through their religion, and it's ridiculous. You don't get any of that through religion. Religion hasn't given that to any of our enemies. Yet you believe that is the reason why you have it, black man, black woman. We are unique people. We are. In so many ways. And I have to quote John Henry Clark again and again if I have to. We like to out-bishop the bishop, out-pope the pope, out-Muhammad, Muhammad. There's something in caring for our fellow man that is just so intrinsic, that is just so a part of us. I don't care about how much they have tainted us, beaten us, attempted to warp and shape who we are. We are who we are, even when we pretend not to be. Even our coldest killers don't even do it right, for the most part. They can be efficient. We can be turned up. Don't get it. Don't get it twisted. We have the greatest revolutionary history known to man. I challenge anyone to show me a greater revolutionary history amongst the people. 
So we know we can do this. We know how to do this. It only needs to be done. My spirit and prayers go out to the protesters out there in South Carolina right now. Because, man, this is what we need. We need more of this. Keep bringing this to the forefront. I'm glad that those people, that that man's wife, let's get his name again. Excuse me. Jonathan Pitlin. I'm glad Mrs. Pitlin was ignorant enough to put the video up herself. See, cognitive dissonance is a mug, ain't it? Going to implode on yourself and you can't even help it. The very nature of your being, the very nature of your existence destines you. To be nothing. If anyone's being honest, and I'm not talking about us, family, this was a message to you know who. Just so we're clear, mounts to nothing. Everything you've built, everything you've constructed, has been off the backs. Of those who struggle to do this, to struggle to pioneer everything, even this form of oppression just has their twist to it. That's why I call Christianity and most of the elders call Christianity and the Abrahamic religions a carbon copy. Because all you did was take literal things, literal concepts from one place and throw your little twisted spin on it. And that's why you can find the origins of this stuff in Western Asia. It doesn't take a genius to figure that out. Why one will correlate with the others because this sort of mindset. See, you have to get out of this, you know, thought of being individualistic and that's how they make you look at history. They make it make you look at history. Okay, look at this place, look at this place, look at this place. They don't make you look at these places in entirety. You know, before Syria was a Syria, you know, that we know they were they were doing things. They were a people, but they were establishing themselves. You know, they weren't quite what they were when they came and started dominating everything at the advent of the Iron Age. They weren't who they were yet. When they started out, they weren't those people. They became that. There's a story with that. There's exchange there. There's history. Things have to fall into place. And that's usually governed by the things that's going on around them. There was a point where Babylon was not dominant. And they, it's opportunity. It's opportunity. And all it does, all it takes is being successful in here or there. But they had to deal with everyone. So this this these misconceptions that we get, especially when we're talking about just anything, just every anything, because this civilization that we're in, we we don't understand it. That's why we struggle with it. We don't understand that, you know, it's 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 it seems so it's draining. We, we compare it to being a vampire blood sucking because that it's its very nature. In its essence. And we see the symbologies of this all the time in, in creatures that can absorb the, the traits of, of greats to become stronger. Trying to perfect itself through others, through others' greatness. 
So that's what we're in. And we see that all the time. This is a... How... It is always interesting. And the European and the way that they behave should be the ultimate example of not just one possibility of the human capacity, but also the possibility of the opposite, polarity. Because in great cruelty, you'll have great, great empathy. So I wonder, and I do believe in balance, but I don't believe that this sort of this sort of imbalance needs to continue. We have we have known of a time, and perhaps you know, in some weird way, don't beat me up for this family. In some weird way, what has happened, you know, is just simply the result of a happening that the world needed to be aware of. This cannot continue. This sort of mindset, this sort of behavior, you know, it's run rampant. If a mindset, if a thought, if if a way of life, if a consciousness could be regarded as a deadly virus, this is more this is deadlier than COVID. The the what was created in that ice needs to be dealt with. And we have to get in we have to get into that spirit of doing what needs to be done. We are facing another Apophis. Hell, even the years are almost freaking parallel. If you look at think about how long Kemet was being conquered by the Hicksucks. And it took necessary evil to overthrow them. This European is that is the child of that. As much as we know there there were there see there were a few Europeans, they weren't the main thing, but Europe wasn't anything yet. But it would be Western Asia that cultures Europe. You see, so it's a different thing. So so much so often we think about culture, we think of material, and that's not quite it. Yeah, it has something to do with it, but it's not quite it. You know, like I'm when we look at the Moors and going into Europe, uh, they destroyed culture. They replaced culture. They didn't give culture. There was culture there. You have to be very, very careful. What they brought was material culture. But it was an attitude. It was a different attitude they were also bringing. A foreign one as well. That was influencing those people. That's why a lot of those people that amalgamated within Al-Andalusia were quite different from those who maintained the culture that, you know, further up north, north of France. You know. But that's the thing. What what culture is persisting? What is influencing the other? What is the dominant thing, so to speak? And we see living in this society how people can be influenced by just simply being in a a place. You know, peer pressure is a very real thing. Think about thousands or hundreds of years of peer pressure. It doesn't take that long. 
but I digress. This right here is this is them. That's they that's their thing. Pisses me off. Really does. You know. Sergeant First Class Jonathan Pentland. You know. But this is what people were talking about. When they were talking about the flag means two things for two different people. And that's true. Cause that man, he doesn't fight he doesn't serve that army to protect young men like the one he confronted. He don't give a damn about that. Mm-mm. He go he does what he does to protect all the white boys and girls and families of this country. And you tell me this is a country that's deserving of our loyalty. We have to give our lives for a country that could care less, a country that doesn't protect us, a country that really couldn't care less but to have us, but could use our labor and want our labor as cheap as they can get it. You know what I'm saying? Don't give a damn what you're worth. They get like I have never seen, you know, and they try to use Tom Brady as an as an example. Oh, let's just let's pick one. Though they pay him out the butt in endorsements. Endorsements that a lot of athletes couldn't get, but that's fine. That's fine. You know, but they try to use that, but everybody else, nah, they want the cheapest labor. Get your ass in prison. Cheap labor. Peace, love, and light. I hope Jonathan Pentland gets what he deserves.